The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can teach there also this 
Moses, Jesus wanted to be a celebrity. This was his moment. This was his moment when everybody was, was, was singing his praises, wanted him back for ministry, but instead he says, there's more to me than this. This is the type of God who serves. The type of God who's not interested in being a celebrity as in reaching the world. So he says, let's go to these other villages. He doesn't, when he talks about, they little villages, let's go there because they also support me. And so, again, so is this person who goes to the this morning. So he traveled, verse 39, he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. And he was there. Verse 40. Man of leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This man says to Jesus, it's, it's like this man is saying, Jesus, I, I'm in a desperate spot. You know, leprosy in those days, friends, and leprosy in any way, in, in those days the Bible used the term for leprosy, is a very general skin condition. And as we know, leprosy, and you may well know, uh, leprosy is a bacteria that, that attacks your nerves in your body, and, and so your body loses its feeling, and, and so you walk along and it's against a rock and you don't notice it and carry on walking and, and that wound gets infected and, and so you, you have these sores on your body. But leprosy was one of those conditions where, where you, were, you were thrown out, you were ostracized from the city. You were treated as somebody of no worth. Then you were put outside of the city to die, literally. You were literally almost given a death sentence. You were not allowed to be in the community. You were not accepted into the family. You were not accepted. You couldn't go and worship God on a Sunday. You were, you were put out there, and no one wanted to know about you. No one touched you. You were not allowed to, uh, a leper wasn't allowed to come within three meters of someone else. I think that's what we were going to do for COVID, right? You weren't allowed to come within three meters of somebody. And if the wind was blowing, you weren't allowed within 50 meters of somebody. And the condition was such that, that leprosy wasn't just about it was also a, a, a condition that made you unclean. What's that term mean? It doesn't just mean you're dirty. It means that, 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 that you, uh, like a dead body, if somebody touched a dead body, if somebody touched you, they became literally unclean. They couldn't go to the temple. Somebody said that if you stand under the, if a leper stood under a tree, and you don't stand under the tree, you're also unclean. And as a leper, you had to walk around going, unclean, 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 as you walk through the city. Imagine, you know, somebody walking down the street and, and, having, and having a label on them. You can put whatever label you want. Uh, and going, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. Or I'm smelly, I'm stupid. Think about the labels that we put on Here this leper was ostracized and thrown out. Lewis reminds us that Cain insists upon being attentive. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our heart. It is his megaphone to rouse the great world. This man came to Jesus and said, If you are willing, it was like, 
autoridades. Quem tem essas autoridades? One of the arguments that people make about not following Jesus, and they talk about perhaps you talk about this to your about Jesus to your friend or your colleague, and one of the arguments people might have is that, well, if God was so loving, why would He allow suffering in the world? Jesus, as we just heard, reminds us that God uses suffering to bring our attention to one reason. That's not the only reason. If that was the only reason, then yeah, you'd be quite a tough guy. The other reason why people come to you and say, God's such a loving God, why would He allow suffering in the world? Why doesn't He do something about it? There's a couple of things we can begin to ask people like that. We can ask them, for example, but where did you get your idea that God's a loving God? It's only the Bible that talks about God being a loving God. No other religion says that God is a loving God. The Bible claims to have a God, speaks about a God that loves His children. Thirdly, God doesn't just stand from a distance and shout, but He enters into His world, into our suffering. Takes it on himself and begins to transform. Jesus didn't promise to take away our problems with many friends. Instead, he does promise to meet us in our problems and to use it to shape us into his likeness. I want to say this morning, parents, I'm, I'm a parent, my girls have grown up now, and I just thank God for these lovely girls and families that we've had. I want to say this morning, sometimes we as parents feel we have to solve all the problems and all the problems our kids have. We need to step in. Whenever there's an issue or a problem, we need to solve it for them. But we need to ask ourselves a question that if God uses difficulties in life to shape us, but God feels short circuit of what our children are going to learn in life if all the time we step in to save them. I'm helping them, friends, this morning as parents, if you're excusing the fear, the fear of your child. Your child does lose your love and affirmation, and you'll see that the way that Jesus models that as well. In fact, people will tell you, sociologists will tell you that difficulties in life actually help to strengthen people and make help people actually achieve much in life. Somebody by the name of Malcolm Gladwell, who's in Canadian warfare, who wrote a book called The Advantage of the Disadvantage. He said that most of the entrepreneurs, people who start their own businesses, are dyslexic. 25% of the world's CEOs, in fact, probably the top CEOs, are dyslexic. Why is that? Why is it that difficulties actually have to cause people to be so upset? It's because they've had to overcome those. They've had to learn ways to, to navigate life and actually rise above that. Jesus here steps into this man's life. Verse 40. Let's read that again. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you're willing, you can make me clean. I want you to notice something about this man, first of all. There's an attitude on his part. He actually made a decision on preparing for this. I felt there was something missing. It's like the Holy Spirit was saying, that's not good, that's not good, but there's something missing. And I kept going through it and kept just jumping to him. This man actually made the decision on God for Jesus. There's difficulties in our lives or opportunities for us to become 
just for us. Somehow this man's eyes were open. All of his mates were still outside the city, all the lepers' mates were out there. They weren't coming to Jesus. Some reason, God had opened his eyes. The Holy Spirit, the Bible, the Bible says the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. None seek after God. There's no one righteous. None seek after God. So God opens our eyes about who Jesus is. But it does. And the boldest man was able to put apart, to put aside all the pride of him. First of all, he wasn't allowed to come and talk to Jesus like that or come so close to him. But he puts that aside, puts his fears aside. Jesus, the 
different religions today, folks. There are various ways of going about understanding our world. And I want you to see how Jesus is different. We understand, we go through the book, we understand who Jesus is and why he came. I want you to see how different he is. If you, if you or your friends are into naturalism or Darwinism, where, where there's this natural progression of life and, and things get better, there's no God who just sort of came from, you know, Big Bang and, and things bumped into each other and slowly life evolved. If, if we're into Darwinism and Darwinism and naturalism, it means that, that, that you know, the objective of somebody is to, is to, is to make sure that, that the good the good is passed on and that the weak is still worse. That's how we survive, right? That the, the weak survive, the stronger survive, and the weak must die. If you really are into naturalism, you'll say to this, you'll say to this to the people that you hope this guy out. You don't want these dreams passed on to the next generation. You want the strongest genes to survive. You want to protect your own tribe, your own family. Don't accept this block. Jesus does it. It's different. It's Jesus' name. If you're into karma, which is the, the, the foundation of Buddhism and Hinduism, which is probably too big, you believe in karma. Karma has the view that, that the, the reason somebody's suffering is because of something they've done wrong. And they've come back to this life in that form or in that way because they needn't they need fix it up. They needn't pay for that. They need to get better. And, and then as they get better, the next time they come around, this is the idea of samsara, it's going well. The next time they come around, they'll be a better person. But if you help this person, you're not helping them at all. Because that's what they're after. You need to learn about the lesson. Next time, next time in their life, when they come around again, they might come around as a real life form because you help them. There's a desperateness about it. But Jesus says, no, this is a person. I've got to help them. Probably the biggest beauty in Australia, even though Australia is getting saved, is Buddhism. Most Australians believe there's a God. Most Australians are not atheists, right? They believe there's something out there. They just don't know what it is or what it is. We're just going to carry on here. That thing or that person doesn't really care about us. Jesus reaches out and touches his hand and shows us that God is good. Jesus is different. He doesn't move away from our problems. He moves towards our biggest problems and solves them. So this morning, tell your friend, what is your biggest problem? And right now you're going, hmm, I wish this would be solved. You know right now that Jesus is moving towards you. He's moving toward you to touch you, journey with you, to shape you. Jesus touches this man, and verse 31 says, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Imagine how quickly we believe that God is journey for us, to give us through this book uh, for a while. We believe that the source of this book was from the Apostle Peter, Simon Peter. Imagine if Simon Peter standing there seeing this cover. This man covered, covered in sores. According to Peter's narrative, covered in sores. His hands clean. Nothing. Skin like a baby's skin. Imagine how that would have impacted the Apostle Peter. Cleansed. According to the Jewish and religion, curing somebody from leprosy was as good as raising them from the dead. It was a miracle of that order. Oh, 
He's landing with Mark 3, this book, and, and asks the question, who is Jesus and why did he come this morning to encounter this type of God we, we want to follow? Jesus came to set us free to solve our sin problem, to solve our social This is why Jesus is and brings He tells us we are loved and then takes all those unlovable limits this is the kind of God to follow. This is the kind of God to give our lives to. This is the kind of God to bow our knees. So this morning, what's God saying? About the difficulties you're going through. And about how He wants to How is shaping you? If you will let him and embrace that, how is shaping you to be more like him? How he truly is greater than all the philosophies of this world, than all the religions of this world, than all those things your friends and your neighbors believe. I ask myself this morning, but Jesus, how are you finding yourself in me? Right now, with what I'm going through. There are the difficulties in my life that you're saying, Ray, I'm breaking in that place. Breaking in that space. If you're unfaithful, I'm going to take it away, but I'm going to work in it. I'm going to touch it. Three things I'd like to put to you. Firstly, do you choose to bow your knees before Jesus and receive Him as your Lord? That's the first step. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're saying, I like Jesus, I've heard about Him, but I've never actually bowed my knees and said, I need you in my life. My life's a disaster without you. My family's a disaster without you. My work is a disaster. I need you and I'm prepared is really hard for me. Alright? I've got pride. Alright? I actually go, hey, I need somebody. I'm not independent. I'm not strong enough to save myself. And actually say that even by my name, that's the strongest, most courageous thing I can do as a man is to take this step. Would you do that this morning? I thought there was somebody in this congregation that God wanted to ask that this morning. That's why the Holy Spirit, I believe, Press that on my heart. We live with somebody here this morning who's wrestling with that question right now. Let me take the leper's example. Bow the knee and receive him as your Lord. Secondly, for those of you who've taken that step, would you consider reaching out to someone else around you who you can touch with the presence? friends and, and neighbors and family right now are wondering, why is life so complicated? Why is life so difficult? Does anyone care? Does God care? If God is such a loving God, then why does He love them? You would think I'd ask Simple, I'm doing it. And I'm thinking about you. Take them out for coffee. How you going? Write an encouraging notice if you're with God. Do something to show compassion and 
Savior is a people. There's a category of people sitting in front of the Bible who got the Son to be life is difficult. So what is this? And that's what I'm forming you and shaping you. But I'm wanting you to call you something different. I'm wanting you to follow me. Give up your life. Give up your your, your, your pleasures and to serve me somewhere that is Three levels and different levels the Holy Spirit is placing in on me. in on me as I stand here being challenged. How does it affect this Lord, this morning we thank you that you reach out to the most broken. You've taken on yourself all of our brokenness. Starting with our sin, and the things that have resulted from it—broken families, broken relationships, and not just brokenness in the way we live—that you solved our sin problem. Help us, Lord, now to solve it. We can And one day, Lord, we know that we're going to be done. Right now, Lord, we. Say that we know that you're with us and you're dealing with us and are shaping us and forming us and guiding us. Lord, we come this morning to bow our knees like this one and say, Lord, we know you will. You've been to the cross. You know you will. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.